0: Hello everyone! It is Saturday, December 9th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart,
1: take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh.
0: And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by O O oreos despite the fact that we will be eating them the entire episode.
1: Now is the perfect time to tell you that we spoil things during our podcast, so leave now or forever prepare for pop culture spoilers. For week two of our 70s fortnight we will be discussing 70s tv and film
0: uh each week we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable
1: we also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items
0: these are really good oreos okay sorry
1: I really, I wanted Re-vocus. to get the double stuff but then I was like, no, don't do the double stuff because, like, that's just my face. There, there was no double stuff in the 1970s. I don't really give a shit. I just, <laughs> I, I, I love the cream, so, like, I always want the double stuff. Okay. But the cream tastes different in the double stuff. Anyway. I think is odd. Last, very last item. Yes. On the agenda, we will play a quick round of
0: Twist the Sister where one of us loves something the other hates and we'll open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. And you don't have to feel guilty that I'm right every time
1: you want to know something crazy you know how we said a few episodes ago well we say it all the time that we want people to like activate the polls when it comes to, to action yeah okay because like so i do the stories right on instagram for each of the different things and sometimes 50, it's a question all
0: the fucking time
1: sometimes it's a question sometimes it's a poll and i love when uh we do the polls and i was genuinely surprised with I put a poll up for now and then, and I asked which of, like, the core four main leads was mm-hmm. was your favorite, and I put, like, in brackets so people knew who everyone was in case they were unfamiliar or a little rusty about what the story is. Mm-hmm. So then I put up the four girls, you know. Okay, get to your point. You and I up. was shocked. It was 50-50 for Teenie and Roberta, because I thought it would be more likely to be Samantha and Roberta, because, like, Roberta's the star. Christina Ricci's the best. Um... <laughs> She's she's not supposed to be the star, but she just steals the show. She's funny though. Yeah, so that's that's, that's how she must have got Samantha the other 50 has 50. main character
0: syndrome. Even though we did it for Demi Moore week, like she has main character syndrome in that nobody really cares about the main character; they're just a conduit to get to the other characters.
1: Yeah, well, that's the problem because usually the main character is a narrator, and because you're seeing it through their eyes. You're like, I don't give a shit about this bitch. I care about all the other people yeah. that they're talking about. That's why
0: I love books that tell stories from multiple perspectives. Like yes. Where you have like one chapter for this uh, character, one
1: chapter for that. I love that. Me too. Well, you got me to read Poisonwood Bible for that. And oh. then I had hashtag regrets for that. What?
0: Poisonwood Bible's a fantastic... Okay, let's throw so from the 1970s. It's too long. Get back. Get, it's, let's
1: focus. It is too long to get what I got it's out of it. It's an amazing
0: piece of historical fiction, but let's let's not go there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Focus. So, um, for our artifact, we have different artifacts that we want to discuss, but they are connected in the sense that I want to talk about the spinoff, because I like the spinoff more than the original.
0: And I want to talk about the original, because I like the original more. Yes. So,
1: should I go first? Yes. On that basis? Yes. We will be talking about, doo-doo-doo, Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, has the job been filled? Yeah. Oh. But there is another job. Oh? I figured I'd hire a man for it. Oh. (laughs) We can talk about it Well, good Hey, you live in my favorite neighborhood Oh, really? I I just moved in, is it that nice? Nice, some of the best saloons in town are over there (laughs) (laughs) How old are you? Thirty No hedging, no how old do I look Uh, Why hedge? (laughs) How old do I look? Thirty. What religion are you? Uh, Mr. Grant, I don't quite know how to say
0: this, but uh, you're not allowed to ask that when someone's applying for a job. It's, it's against the
1: law. Want to call a cop? No. <laughs> Good. Would you think I was violating your civil rights if I asked if you're married?
0: Presbyterian. <laughs> We're gonna make it
1: after all. <laughs>
0: It's, it's, usually, hat in the air. it's usually me who sings. Okay, so I feel the Mary Tyler Moore show. I'm it's one of those timeless shows that even though it's set in the nineteen seventies and your brain would think, okay, well, some of this is gonna be like outdated. Yeah. It's not. You can watch it today and it is just as Poetic. Like it's oh, just yeah. perfect.
1: And some of the jokes still land. Shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. Not
0: some. Most of the yeah. jokes still land. Yeah,
1: because they weren't relying on the like Social. It's so
0: progressive yeah.
1: that it still fits. Yeah, it's still okay. Now. I'm waiting
0: for an era where it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. Um. But really the key thing about this show is the dynamics, and so like you kind of have to understand the core seven or eight characters you to say really it's get like into. The, it?
1: Wouldn't you say it's like the OG workplace comedy? Because you didn't get a lot no, of that no, no. before. You got a lot of husband that, and wife. You got families. I wouldn't say the
0: OG workplace comedy, but I would say that it's one Office of the... Office space, maybe? It's one of the first women-led ones. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Anyway. I don't know any... And, <laughs> it all know. takes place at um, <laughs> From
0: WJMTV 6 o'clock news. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's a it's a news station. Um, okay, so let me just kind of, like, recap who everybody is. So Mary Tyler Moore, in, in, in true comedy... Comedy fashion doesn't actually play Mary Tyler Moore, she plays Mary Richards. You always get the same, but it's
1: thing. it's called the Mary Tyler it's Moore It's like and
0: Tim, Tim Tim the Toolman Taylor, but like, like, that's not his, his real name. And Rosie Rose Roseanne is not Roseanne Barr, she's Roseanne Connor.
1: Yeah, but the thing that it's I don't understand is it's that. called the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Mm-hmm. So then, why? I'm sorry, is the she Cosby Show, the Cosby Show with, with the Huxtables. I know they weren't. I'm rooted in, Oreos in, at yeah. you.
0: I'm just getting so out. I'm getting right like now. black in my eye. <laughs> um, okay, so let me just because there's eight of them. So let's let's really focus for a second. So Mary Richards, she's from Minnesota and she moves to um, Minneapolis. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> uh, she moves to the big city, Minneapolis. Um, she's 30 years old and she's going to be an associate producer. She's very sincere. She she's really plucky. Her work ethic is like beyond. And what's what's funny though is like I I always wanted to be Mary. Yeah. But I didn't think I actually was anywhere in the same sort of zone as her. And as I've gotten older, I realize I'm becoming more and more and more like her. So
1: you needed to be married at like 40. You didn't want to be <laughs> married. You were no, married in my married 30s.
0: At in my 30s, it's bang on. Like yeah. I, I am definitely in it. like I could be her run. now. Even though we're not doing the same career, but the same personality that is type is there. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got her boss, who was like the crankiest male chauvinist pig
1: without heart love of him. Gold. I love him. That's actually one of my notes. Grand- I literally wrote I wrote Grumpy Boss at Ed Asner Ed Asner, amazing. yeah. I, he's one of my favorite characters in it.
0: Him and Murray. He doesn't want anyone to think that he's nice, but he has such a kind-hearted nature underneath this, like, grumpy demeanor. He's,
1: he's like, oh, I hate you all. Like, he's basically... They basic- call him Lou. Like,
0: everyone's <laughs> like, Lou. Like, it's... it's no one's <laughs> like, like, Mr. Grant. Well, actually, clearly, she does. They're not Mr. taking Grant. this guy seriously. The only person who calls him Mr. Grant is Mary.
1: Yeah, but that's more to do with the fact that it's an office full of men, and, you no, know... she's just you, respectful. But, yeah, but that's also part they're of... not. The culture in a workplace it's like a kid with their at teacher. The time like that been like we're buddies she's, you're not she's my such, superior
0: she's such a goody goody though yeah that like like she's I, I mean there's one episode where she's like i've never even been sent to the principal's office because they're trying to arrest her for well they do arrest her for for not revealing her sources because she's taking a stand on yeah. you know the journalism on, yeah the, the freedom of the press and uh yeah, so, she's like, I've never, I don't want to go to jail, Mr. Grant, I've never even been to the principal's office, and, like, that is so part of her personality. Yeah. But she still does the right thing, in, in my opinion, in the end. Anyway, um, so her co-worker is Maury, he is the head writer there. I um, love him. Maury's funny. Like, Maury is no such one, an everyman, like, he
1: is Murray average is, Joe. Maury, to me, is someone that, like, he is basically one of the funniest people there if not the funniest person there and no one pays attention to him they're all like so distracted by the freaking news anchor guy and they're distracted by mary yeah he's an
0: average joe it and d- he disappears he, into the background he
1: disappears in the background and he has like the best lines
0: yeah
1: and jokes
0: yeah he does and uh, like that's the reason you why have he's oreo writer. all
1: over your face you know what you look like right now you look like a little kid when they turn around and they've ate all the cookies and they say who ate the cookies and they go i didn't do anything yeah. and it's like all over their face <laughs> It's it's one of those. I'm I innocent. claim it. I did it.
0: I'm not innocent. I yeah. ate all of them. You
1: have it on your chin. How do you put it on your chin? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, you're painting a, a beautiful
0: picture for for listeners. So, all right. Anyway, so Murray is married. He has a bunch of daughters, which I think really says a lot about him as well. Like they <laughs> they've really carved him out of where his position is in life. Uh, and yeah. he's always trying to write a novel, but he, he you know he hasn't given up, but he hasn't actually succeeded really any with mm. any of it. And like that's that is him in a nutshell. And then like you said, the news anchor is Ted Baxter, who is just the most Ugh. vainglorious individual He's ever. a narcissist. He he He's an absolute narcissist. Yeah, he's a narcissist, but he's also a bit of a, a an idiot, to, to yeah, say it frankly. I can't I can't Whatever they write on he will read. It's it. He is.
1: They could write. I think to base
0: Anchorman to a certain extent. Will Ferrell's Anchorman a little bit off of Ted Baxter, yeah. Because it's the same sort of thing. He he makes mistakes all the time. He's very oblivious to it. He thinks that he's God's gift. Yeah. And he, he's just like, like he's a problem. Yeah. He he is like if you if you want someone who's uh, you want to laugh though you just stick him in a scene. He's an easy laugh. Uh, and then, of course, there's your beloved Rhoda. So now, mm. we're be- now we're leaving the workplace and going to Mary's life at home. Oh, <laughs> your mouth is so full of Oreos, you are dying to speak! Rhoda Morgenstern. Rhoda Okay, mm. so let me, let me speak first while you try to finish that cookie. Um, so that's her best friend, Mary's best friend. Upstairs neighbor. She's a window dresser. Um, and... Like they, what what you would call a visual merchandiser now but like back then it was like she's a window dresser. Um, she's kind of like who you are despite yourself like everybody wants to be like I think she said it herself Valerie Harper who played her said everybody wants to be Mary everyone really is Rhoda and everyone's terrified that they're going to be Phyllis which I'll <laughs> get into in a second mm-hmm. And and like she's very she's chronically single she's sarcastic and funny, but like she's always I've always noticed like she's like in hyper motion at all times. Like she just uh, she, uh, she always seems to be moving. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I, know. I know you have stuff to say. But you have a lot to say about Rhoda because that's the spin offs.
1: No 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 I just was excited that you started talking about Rhoda so then I was like Oh yeah oh, Rhoda Morgan. Okay. I'll get into mine in a sec.
0: Okay, so then there's we'll, Phyllis. We'll get
1: back to Rhoda, don't you worry.
0: Phyllis is another neighbor of Mary's. Um she's a total snob. Mm -hmm. she thinks she's better than everyone else but at the same time she she isn't better (laughs) than everyone else in and i think she's aware to a certain extent that she isn't so she is um she's married to lars a dermatologist and she lets everybody know that she's married to a dermatologist she's a Mm stay-at-home mom she's a very precocious daughter which is Bess. she's very controlling Extremely arrogant and snobby. She's awful.
1: I I can't. Stand but she's her also it.
0: like I'm involved in this group and I'm involved in that group and I'm part of this and and all of that. But she also wants to be women's lib, despite the fact that she's not all of like sh- she still has the very traditional role of mother and wife. But she wants to get involved in where she can. So they're usually Rhoda and Phyllis are like two sides of the coin. Like Rhoda really is living what Phyllis is pretending to be living. <laughs> But at the same time, Phyllis always pulls out the "I'm married to a dermatologist" card, and yeah. and Rhoda does not. So it's it, they're they're always at odds, basically. And Mary just kind of sits there and, and experiences it.
1: Yeah, she just um, lets it happen because she she doesn't really care about this drama. She's, enough, she's busy Phyllis, with her work drama.
0: Phyllis had her own series as well, and that's because Cloris Leachman's a boss. Cloris Leachman is just divine, and and Cloris. Another thing is like Cloris, while. There's like a frantic energy almost to, to, um, to Rhoda yeah. and how she comes in and she's like, she, she's almost like the, and, and I the think hyper a lo- kid. I think a lot of it has to do with like <laughs> the New York Jewish sort of, um, shtick. Yeah. Shtick that she, but I mean, like, I, I think she was from New York and Jewish, but yes. anyway, she, um, she has that kind of mode to her. Whereas Phyllis is like, she floats. She constantly is in motion, but it's like she's floating from one it's step like the to the other. It's like the swan and the duck. Yeah. In Once, the pond. Like a ballerina and a hip-hop dancer. Like, yeah.
1: very different sort
0: of modes, but they're both dancing around the yeah. whole time. But, the, and, like, that's my note, like, my notes with them, is that when I actually see them, they, they're they both always in motion yeah. around Mary. Like, she stands still while they just kind of swing around her. Well, and anyway. they
1: glide and dance around her. <laughs> glide and, and chug. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... Sorry, two left, really, really quick. Um, Later on in the series, Sue Ann Nivens comes in, which is Betty White. Yes. And, I mean, I did a lot of research on this as well, because everyone's like, Betty White up until this point was, like, such a goody-goody in every sort of aspect, so putting her in this role of just, like, a superficial Martha Stewart, but she's just, she's out for herself. She doesn't give a shit about anyone else. She's Mm -hmm. man-hungry. She's just vicious and judgmental and insulting all the time. Yeah. But, like, when she's on TV, she's Martha. And like that's just how she is. Yeah. And the joke though was like some of the body sort sort of like rude jokes that are in there. They said like some of them came from Betty. Like Betty is this yeah. she's always been like the the goody goody and all of her, all of her roles she's always yeah. played either an idiot or just a nice person. Yeah. And they said some of the rudest jokes. Came from, came Betty, from Betty herself. I'm,
1: I'm not even surprised by that yeah. because she got to explore that more when she later did got Hot Older. in Cleveland. Yeah. When she did Hot in Cleveland, she loved doing the branchey. The bad times caught up jokes. with her.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like she loved being the one that like they'd be like, "You can't say that, you know, you're 80," and she's like, "I can, I will, and I've Thank just you. done it." Yeah, I'm 80. I'm gonna
0: say what the hell I yeah. want. Yeah. She because she was she was so missed television anyway. Yeah. She is. Um, Oh, and she loves Lou. I forgot about that. She she hits on Lou Grant all the time as well. So anyway, and then I think the last one that I think is kind of important, although she does come into the series a lot later, is Georgette, which I mean everybody knows Georgia Engel, but doesn't know Georgia Engel. She
1: she talks like this. She's very soft with, and that's well, she's really she's um,
0: she was on Everybody Loves Raymond. Is yeah, she.
1: I was gonna say she's Robert's mother-in-law in Everybody Loves Raymond,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. Did we say that
0: we're going to do spoilers? Because we're giving spoilers out left, right, and center here. We're doing spoilers, people. Yeah. Prepare forever for pop culture spoilers.
1: Yeah. We Um, gave them the warning. (laughs) I don't think we did. Yes, we did. I said the warning. This is what I mean when you don't listen to me. I
0: don't listen to you. This is what I'm referring to. Anyway, so they were talking about how Georgette, her character, is, like, very, very ditzy, so she's a perfect match for for Ted. And they end up getting married. But, like, she... She is one of those people that is just so naive and thinks everything is going to be hunky dory, and like she's living in like a blissful sort of stupidity. Mm. But then every once in a while,
1: she is the the definition of ignorance is bliss. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> that is exactly yeah. so soft what she and gentle, is.
0: and like her voice as well, which is the act- actress's actual voice, just yeah. works perfectly for the role. Yeah. But then the thing that like there's there's a few moments, not many, like maybe one or two. Where she kind of portrays herself as not being as yeah. stupid as you think, like yeah, and you're like is a she a secret She's like, "Well, what do you think, Ted?" And like, and um, like one of them is when he's saying how he wants to marry her, but he doesn't want to marry her, but yeah. he does want to marry her. Like it's it kind of fluctuating back and forth. Like I'm not really encapsulating the episode very well, but. Um, and she just basically says, well, we've got our license and we can go right now and I don't really care about having the big to do. So what are you going to do to like, she gets really abrasive in your face for like one of the first times ever. What are
1: you going to do? Huh? What are you going to do?
0: What do you say? Stupid? Like that kind of attitude. (laughs) Um, anyway, so that is in essence, the eight characters of the show and it works so well because they bounce off of each other. Like they, it's, it's like they're. You know, you know, like the theory it, of, about particles when they're in, when they get heated, they just yeah. bounce off of each other. Yeah, that's how I view this show. Yeah, because there there's enough of them that they can't go very far before they hit the other one. Like Mary, then goes home, and then she's got people there to bounce off. of. She's got yeah. Phyllis, she's got Rhoda, and, yeah. and then people from work come to her house, and now she's got them as well. Or that she'll go to
1: work and then someone from home will cut co- like, they're constantly Can I just say, it, I would, I, like, okay. this is not just because of where I work, but I think it's in general, me. I don't know if this is just who I am. I like to keep work. Compartmentalized. Work very separate from my personal life, so I would be Most really. people do. I would really hate it if my coworkers just friggin' showed up at my door. <laughs> and were like, hey, I've got yeah. a problem. Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm no, I'm a problem solver at work, but don't producer. come here.
0: She's a producer, though, so it's a different sort of lifestyle.
1: I know, but I'm just saying in general. Producers take
0: their work home with I, them. I
1: don't think I could be, and I think I could be basically in any job and I wouldn't want that.
0: Not everybody can do that, though. Um, you no, know, I meant like from a per, from the perspective of the psyche. Not everyone can compartmentalize.
1: Oh, yeah. But it, it's something that I think is very true. Because if you constantly are still having them bleed. Mm-hmm you get very very you, tired yeah. for sure like i i've had i've had dreams that something has gone wrong at work because i cuz mm. like i at my work now
0: i've had projects that have gone around the clock for yeah. Me. yeah, and like you you dream about it
1: and i dream that there's and something you wake up, wrong and
0: you have to tell yourself that that was a dream that yeah. didn't really happen yeah. was, you're not acting on it
1: yeah i like yeah. i went from being in high school and having dreams that i wasn't prepared for an exam <laughs> to having dreams that I had planned something at work and for some reason I planned the completely wrong thing or it all went to crap. Yeah. It's, and all, then, it's all, it's all anxiety. Then, and I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank God, it's only Sunday yeah. and that didn't happen. Oh
0: my God, there's <laughs> nothing better than when you wake up and you think you have to get ready for work and it's and Saturday it's the or weekend. Sunday. it's five o'clock, okay, I gotta get up. And like, I, which I, I don't. You really don't. I really but don't have to get up at five Saturday, o'clock. it's Saturday, but. <laughs> but I got up, wandered downstairs grabbed, and then, and then I had the slow realization of, oh, it's Saturday, like, I started to piece it together, but at this point, I was, like, walking back up the stairs (laughs) seemed like more work than just, like, sitting on the couch, couch. so I laid on the couch and put the blanket over me, and then I finally, like, woke up three hours later, (laughs) reminded myself again, no, you don't start working in in 10, 15 minutes, like, it's okay, got up, went back up, and then went back and, and got in bed again, so. Yeah. Just, just, like... Not a go getter in the morning. Yeah. Really <laughs> not. Like I, I, you know, When I get up in the morning and I have to go out to work, yeah, music goes on. Yeah, I have to. I do some like I, if I'm staying at home working from home, I'll have the TV on because the TV will wake me up. Yeah, and then if I'm if I'm actually going into an office or on site or whatever, yeah, music. Oh my God, blasting. I, anyway, this is not at all relevant to Mary Tyler Moore. Anyway, the reason why I love Mary Tyler Moore was when I was young that I really wanted to get into journalism and that was why I started watching it. But it ended up being one of those things that I was just like, this is fascinating and has nothing to do with journalism. I just thought it was really, really interesting and like the character dynamics are, are what feeds into everything. And like I said, the writing was so progressive for its time and so just spot on that I I can still recommend it And and not be, like, nervous of, like, oh, well, that's going to be outdated. Yes, of course, they're going to use, like, rotary phones and things like that. But that's not the point. The point is, like, every joke still hits in the exact same way that it was intended to hit.
1: They weren't reliant on, like, the news of the time or, like, societal norms of the time for a joke to land. And the creativity is just beyond. I mean, they handle
0: things, like, like, post-divorce situations where, spoiler... I, I'm not going to say who, no, but one of the characters' spouses decides that the, that they want to go live their own life, that they're tired of... Yeah. They want to know who they are. Yeah. And then they end up getting a divorce, and that person gets remarried and invites the other spouse, which is, like, shit that you would do today, but not shit that you would do back then, <laughs> to the wedding, and they attend. And it it's an interesting episode in that, like, the emotional... Qualities of it would ring true. I, I was very, very impressed by by some of the creativity and the writing behind this show, and I still think that it is very. Yeah, well, today. they
1: were relying on real feelings, real human emotions, yeah. real jokes that relied Not a on relationships. Sort of
0: variety of the, show.
1: Their comedy was relationship based. It wasn't relying on anything else, yeah. which was beings, great. Human
0: beings. Human beings. Yeah. Anyway, okay. okay so your spinoff so, then was Rhoda.
1: I can't believe you're really
0: here. (laughs) God, you look so gorgeous. (laughs) So tell me everything. I want to hear it all. What's going on with your life? Oh, you know, the same things. Mother problem, weight problem, date problem.
1: That's terrific. (laughs) You don't have a job problem. Hey, that's right. I got promoted at the bank. Now I'm a teller. Hey, there you go. You're terrific. That's terrific. And the best thing about being a bank teller is that your legs don't show. <laughs> Why do I get this feeling I'm looking in an old mirror? Oh. Take it from one who went through it and survived. Things are going to get better. Yeah? Oh, I promise. So, so tell me, what's been going on in your life? Oh, let's see where to start. Um, nothing. <laughs>
0: You probably know the whole freaking intro to it as well. Oh,
1: no no no. It's been a while since I've watched Rhoda, but I love it so much. I could I could watch it whenever. And I just I liked Rhoda when she was on Mary Tyler Moore. Like I love Valerie Harper's character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy for me to like make the transition to the spinoff. Um so Rhoda, the the first thing I gotta talk about is she has one of the greatest opening <laughs> themes for a show from the 70s in my opinion. Um and it's basically just her talking. And it's her talking about her life up until this point kind of thing. And I just I love it. I'm trying to
0: find it actually. Like there's got to well, be the Some of the somewhere. some of
1: the lines from it for me I, like they always stick with me. I'm not going to deliver them nearly as good as she did, but um she turns around and says that she was born at a certain time and then she says I've always felt responsible for World War II. And, uh, the first thing I remember liking that liked me back was food. And she says, yes. I, I had a rough puberty. It lasted 17 years. And, uh, she says that she moved, I think she said to the, Minnesota. The
0: puberty one is, is funny. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and then she says she moved to Minnesota because she thought she'd keep better there. And, uh, her mom still refers where to cold, this. Where it's cold. Yeah, and she was 24 and she goes, my mom still refers to this as the time I ran away from home. Yeah. And I think it's <laughs> hilarious. Because when you meet her mom in it, you get why she feels like this is important to say it in the theme song. Yeah. Because her
0: family is still very traditional.
1: Yeah. I just... Or at least her mom and dad are. Um, I enjoyed that... Ida. Ida, who's her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that the show itself... When you watch stuff and when you think about it, if you're going to write a story or you're going to talk about a story or you're going to watch something, you don't really, unless it's reality TV, mm-hmm. you usually don't get excited by just day-to-day life of a person. Like, it's it's not easy to just, like, oh, yeah. this is exciting, this is funny, this is amazing. Like, get a lot out of it. You gotta get something out of it. And it often of In gets portrayed as being, like, mundane or it's something that's, like, Secondhand to what actually is going on in the show. Like, they go to work, or they go and do this, or they go and do that. Um, but her show was basically her just living life. Yeah. Like she went, and she had a job on some of the episodes, and other days she would just be dealing with something with her sister or something with her family. By the way, I love her sister, Julie Kavner. Yes, That's her sister, she's Brenda. Her and oh the mom are some of my favorite you know characters. Kavner is,
0: right? Julie Kavner ended up becoming really, really rich because she was on The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um. Go
1: ahead. And uh... she's Marge. Yeah. So. I loved uh, the mom Nancy Walker, and I loved the sister Julie Kavner, as you said. And I thought that they were kind of funny women in very different ways because the mom was like super sarcastic, yeah. And sh- and the sister was a bit more like slapstick in physical comedy, while yeah. she also was witty. But like she would do stuff like fall yeah. off a of bed. Yeah, the which mom is, wouldn't do something like that. Which is kind like of that.
0: funny. Like that kind of proves the 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 range of Julie Kavner because like she's famous for being Marge. All voice. Yeah. No slapstick whatsoever. you don't see her physically, yeah. you wouldn't know unless you knew her voice. Yeah. And yet she you're right, like most of her comedy was more physical yeah. in the show.
1: Yeah. But I, I just I loved and the Rhoda. I love the dynamic between Rhoda and all the different people in her life, specifically the female relationships. I liked her and her mom's dynamic. Her and uh her sister's dynamic. It was almost matriarchal.
0: It was despite the fact that it was such a patriarchal traditional sort of paradigm that she was living in. Yeah. The women kind of ruled the roost.
1: Yeah, and I just I, I loved that. And I loved that it kind of it it was in the realm of following the rules, but it also went against the rules. I loved the t-
0: trajectory. Like I don't t- I okay, spoilers. Like yeah. I I can only keep saying it. Yeah,
1: you could you could talk about what you want to talk about for it.
0: So so with Rhoda, like I watched I watched most I don't think I've watched all the way to the end, but I watched enough so in the first like little while, it's she meets and she's dating and she's single, and then she falls in love with a guy named Joe,
1: yeah. and then they get married. That happens really quick. I think that's yeah. all in the first season. Yeah, and but yeah, but and like, it's great. But it but it's they're one of those, so cute. Like, you're just like, oh. It's finally
0: Rhoda, happening for yeah, her. Because you've Rhoda. seen her struggle and Mary She's, Tyler
1: Moore. And you're like, this yeah. girl needs to have two Because you have that
0: backstory. I think what makes yeah. Rhoda successful is because Rhoda was not actually the first time you met Rhoda. Rhoda yeah. is, you kind of needed to know Mary Tyler Moore in order to really appreciate Rhoda. So, anyway. But then in, I want to say the third, you know what, mm. let me do my research. Third season. Yep. Yeah. Third season, they separate. Things, I know things I don't, don't like go that. well. And and you kinda deal with that. But then the seasons after that are about how she's a single divorcee.
1: Yeah. And like
0: they're slightly tinged a little bit differently, but it's she's still the same person. Yeah. And I liked that as well. Because like yeah. to some people in like the seventies era, divorce was like the end all, the yeah. all. It was like, oh, if you're divorced you might as well Your life's die. Over. Yeah. And and that was it was a nice change of pace because that Rhoda was still Rhoda at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, and I liked that.
1: But I—that I, was something that, that kind of bothered, bothered forced, me. But, but it, it, was, it, it bothered me because you really me. liked
0: Joe. That's why
1: I liked them together, and I liked him and I liked her as individuals. So when their marriage was kind of crumbling, I didn't like it. Like I was actively fighting it, and I was like, hopefully this can like be fixed. Yeah, they can reconcile. That, you wanted a I'm like, okay Disney with it. I'm okay. I'm okay her. with the trial separation. Like, this is a trial,
0: only a or trial. Even, like, or even, this is not permanent. <sighs> I repeat, this is not permanent. This message has been endorsed by Daisy Kosh.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I feel that like we with a lot of shows. Like, oh, I know. The, the end. You of, rewrite the things end in your of head Buffy. Time. Do you know how happy I am that we're it, not talking about Buffy? No, my point is like the it's end off of the 70s! My, no, my point is like the end of Buffy for me was so tragic. Like I cried it myself tragic, to for, sleep. It was tragic and for then, different reasons. And then they did the comic book series that fixed it a little bit. So I was like, whew, I needed okay. that.
0: it's not 90s Fortnite, it's anyway, 70s Fortnite. Let's stay focused. My game.
1: point is, I, sometimes I like to pretend that stuff didn't happen. Yes,
0: yes, you're <laughs> the delusional. The fantasy is usually better than the reality. We understand your delusions. <laughs> the okay, fantasy so is
1: better than the reality You're sometimes. in charge
0: of the fan theory this week, which scares me. Or uh, are, are, No,
1: you are. I am? Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay, okay. So, don't be scared, you're the one okay, in I'm charge. Good. No, no,
0: I've got it, I've got it, okay.
1: So, do you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about? Sure, we will be discussing, uh, one of the most redone, in my opinion, classics from the 70s, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> how I want it now, don't care
0: how I want it now. She was a bad egg. Oh.
1: Where's she gone? Where all the other bad eggs go. Down the garbage chute. Down oh, the garbage chute? <laughs> where where does it lead to? To the furnace. <laughs> the <To> furnace! <laughs> She'd be sitting like a sausage. Well, not necessarily. She could be stuck just inside the tube. Inside the <laughs> Hold on! Veruca! Sweetheart! Daddy's coming! So, Okay. Wouldn't you agree? It's been done a lot. They have. There's three Daisy. Like, don't get carried away. They also did like a Broadway one though, and like. Did they? they? I think so. And they're just like they're just like recycled. Uh, there's three.
0: Like I I I would beg. To, are we talking specifically seventies? Things from the seventies that have been redone too much.
1: No. Because I mean, then we have I, I would too many be going things. like I would go. To, I would go to your
0: superheroes. I would go Superman and Batman and Spider Man. Sp- like, how many times can you reboot? Right? Like it's No, just... I mean
1: I mean like specifically like a movie from the seventies that I feel like is very iconically seventies. Like when you think of the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. you think of that and then you're like, Oh and then they did it with Johnny Depp. And they're doing another one next year.
0: With Timothy Chalamet. But I think yeah. that one's not. It's gonna, gonna be a
1: musical. We're, we're moving... I'm a little worried.
0: We're moving further and further and further away from the original sort of like
1: tone of yeah. the first one because it was darker
0: well, like bear in mind that it's it's like how they it was darker than it. yeah same author so i'm a big fan of Roll Ro Ro doll yeah,
1: yeah. Well, i love you Ro Ro love Dull. matilda you love well i love I lo- them all I, there's I'm, really nothing i'm the james one and the giant james peach. and the giant peach is mine i love the oh i love james and the Giant peach just because so you had
0: the vhs doesn't mean that you're the original fan i saw it first Anyway, uh, being, I shelled out the money to have all, the VHS, so I think I win of, that. They're all kind of, like, dark and twisted yes. a little bit. There's but always a little bit of darkness clean to them. up. But they really sanitized the witches. Like the version that they made of the witches, which I, I feel like nobody saw, quite which honestly. Which one? Are you talking about Angelica Houston and Angelica Anne Houston Hathaway? One, the one that I. It, it's horrifying. And I think that's why children didn't see it. Because it is really freaking creepy well, when they take. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm go- going Oh, yeah. On I know what say. you're talking about. They sanitized the shit out of that with the Anne Hathaway remake. And all yeah. I could think
1: was. Well, the, the problem was. They it's also. Not as good. It's something that we always talk about how. You like this about Barbie, how Greta Gerwig did not just CGI shit. Yeah. And like, we'll put it in in post. In The Witches with the Anne Hathaway. No, in The Witches with Anne Hathaway, they did makeup, but you could also tell that they relied a bit on the technology that they had at oh hand. Yeah. Um, while with Angelica Houston's, they had to wear that stuff. They yeah. had to pull off the makeup to reveal more makeup and. Yeah. And it you know, pardon me for a very rough. long time. That was my Were you thinking that's what women are really like? That, no. Pretty women are no, really witches? No. No.
0: <laughs> and they're no, Hideous. We're not gonna go that route. Um the first experience for me, this was before I saw um the remake of Adam's Family mm. with Angelica Houston as yeah. as um
1: You saw her what's her name? Help me here. Christina Ritchie.
0: No, no. Adams. What's her name? Morticia. Morticia oh, Adams. You she wanted her Morticia character. <laughs> I think and like that is in now it. kind of what I think of when I think of her. Like she's done so many great roles, but I think Morticia, because she just was so iconic in it. However, my first experience ever with Angelica Houston was in The Witches. Yeah. And it fucked me up. <laughs> to say quite bluntly like amazing storytelling how they did all of that had the mice and all of that Mr. Bean is in it so I mean I was sold because like Mr. Bean was my first actor that I loved and
1: very it, interesting it, taste <sighs> you're like <sighs> Rowan
0: Atkinson the man Rowan Atkinson was the man <laughs> for me I loved him I, I wasn't like like Patrick Swayze where I was like hey he's the man it was like more
1: along he's the so lines. cool yeah no yeah it was yeah it was more
0: of like a genuine innocent place where i was like mr beat is just the greatest he's so funny like it was a very different sort of
1: i'm not gonna judge because like i had anyway. i've got weird ones anyway as well. so. we're
0: so veered away so willy wonka um that is all based on
1: the Rome charles Dolls. and the
0: chocolate factory book
1: charlie what did I say? Charles. Charles. <laughs> yeah, I gave him... Charles. Charles. When he was chocolate. 25 Ch- and the inheritance
0: came through. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, is, that's where Willy Wonka came from. So, let's just get to the point, because otherwise we're just going to veer off onto other
1: side topics. Um, before you get into the theory, oh, no. I just wanted to say, uh, on like the topic of it, that I really liked that Gene Wilder was a very different... Willy Wonka than you what you see with Johnny Depp's because I really the Johnny Depp one was the one well, that I saw but first. He, but I loved that like they're he different. stayed true. But he stayed true Gene, to material. Gene Walder's Willy Wonka was darker. He was snarky. Yeah. Don't ruin went, the fan he went, theory. He was also fun. You're getting there. We're and I kind there. of liked that. But in addition to that, he was like you can also understand that this is a guy who basically lived in isolation for a hot minute. Please and stop, like, you're ruining the fan theory. No, I'm I'm just I'm talking about the movie. Yes. Just yes, calm down. Yes. And then like he invites these children in to like give okay. them a nice experience and they're like little brats. Okay. Like you get snarky too, like, bitch,
0: you're shooting so, on my parade. So the fan theory poses that Wonka is actually a child serial killer, purposefully choosing terrible children to visit his factory. So that he can kill them.
1: How would he do that, though, with the like the golden ticket? Oh, oh hold on. T- oh,
0: please. Please. Really? Like, you could easily put one in for them. For them. Like, one of them is, like, the only rich one... and is ordering it, like, out of, like, droves and droves of chocolate. You can't say that they ordered directly from the factory and they put one golden ticket in there and be like, we gotta get rid of that. So you're telling me that he
1: was, dro- like, oh... That fatso over in Austria who keeps eating chocolate like it's drinking water. Yeah. You know, there's a way that I'm going to get him for his yes. gluttony. Yes. No! Suspend
0: your disbelief for a second. The only go- one I... Let I me saw- finish the theory oh. before you deny it. Oh, God. So Charlie Bucket, he's a poor boy whose biggest luxury is He's the a one that you bar. could easily
1: give it to because he, he was, like, getting it from the guy. He
0: miraculously finds a golden ticket in his chocolate bar and joins four terrible children on a tour of the Wonka factory. Like, that, this is the story. So, like all good serial killers, he has done his research, and then he tempted them with a weakness that he knew that they would succumb to, leading to all of their deaths. So, for Augustus Gloop, he was sucked into the Chocolate River. Because of gluttony. Because of gluttony. Veruca Salta, it's like
1: the Seven Deadly Sins. Veruca
0: is sent down a garbage chute. Violet Beauregard is turned into a blueberry. Mike T.B. has shrunk to three inches. And <laughs> the original movie never really details exactly what happened to these four spoiled children. So their fates seem rather grim. Like you have that in the in the Johnny Depp one, where you see them afterwards and you go, "Oh, okay, they're they're okay." Yeah. But you do not have that in the original. Yeah. And therefore, there's a chance that that's the end of these four people. So, anyway, Wonka and the Oompa Loompas are completely unfazed about all of this as well, which is like really what makes him feel very serial killer-ish. Because most people are like, "Oh, what about the children?" He has no reaction. Everyone's like losing their shit around him, and he's just like, "Carry on, people. Oh, Let's the next keep road. going." Yeah. So he has no no regard for the well being of the kids at all. Anyway, that's basically the theory that he he is a serial killer who's trying to get rid of bad children. And that's why is his motivation? I don't know. Serial killers don't really have motivations. They're crazy individuals. So the
1: also, the thing that backs that up very well is that kids tend to be interested in stuff, that's colorful. They like, you know, animated things. They like stuff that's like bright, shiny, fun, new. Yeah. And they're the like fish. design. The design in the factory is, in the costuming is vibrant. Coloring, even for the time, it was vibrant coloring. Vibrant things going on. Um, every room has a different theme, so it's, like, going to an amusement park when you're in a building. And you just run towards it. And you just run towards your dad. Yeah. So I do think that that works for that specific one, and possibly for just Roald Dahl in general. And Because that seems away- on par with what he would do. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, does he give away the factory to Charlie at the end of the movie? In the- Original. Original? I can't remember. It's been a while I since can't I watched the original. I'm going to say yes because I think he does, and it's just like you know passing the torch to the next psycho. Yeah, and that that's exactly it. That yeah. that was part of the. He's like you get it. They were yeah. all brats. Here you go.
0: That was part of welcome my to theory. home. I just don't know if it was also, you theory. have
1: to bury the bodies.
0: Yeah, and he runs away, right? Like now he's toodles. Toodles exactly.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it works as a theory. I I see my problem I definitely is agree. I love Gene Wilder in the 70s one. That's basically all I enjoy. Otherwise, I like the Johnny Depp one more.
0: You like the story more?
1: I just, I liked the whole thing. I found it much more, like, dynamic and fun. I don't know if that's because I like Johnny Depp in general, so it was, like, right, like, I saw Edward Scissorhands and I was like, oh my god, it's him again! And, you know, good morning, Star shine, the earth says hello! Like, him being kind of weird was perfect the fact that he's been in isolation for years For me Like I liked that I liked that he wasn't a manic psychopath The only thing that I liked better that he better, was just kind of
0: odd I'm, I disagree with you wholeheartedly But there, there's only one thing that I definitely agree with better They give a slight backstory With his dad being a dentist Yes and, and he, I couldn't he couldn't have candy. He couldn't have candy and like, therefore so, he got obsessed. And he, and he
1: like he like throws it in the fire and then he like it's one little piece that's not burnt to shit and he's eating it and he's got like the retainer and the braces and it just looks like a horrific experience for a kid. That but he just he wants
0: it so bad. That is the only thing that I found interesting. It was I an love interesting that. addition. And
1: you have Thingy Lee as um uh oh as his dad in it. In Johnny Depp's version. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? This is gonna kill me. Christopher Lee. Christopher yeah. Lee. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And he, it was perfect, because his voice is about the most creepy shit you could ever hear in your life, and him to be like, you can't have the chocolate. He's been in so, so many Tim Burton things, though. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Burton is. knows who's good, and he holds on to him. Mm-hmm. That's why you get Helen Bottom Carter. That's why you get Johnny Depp. That's why you get Christopher and Lee. Is Helen
0: bon- Bonham Carter still doing movies for him since their divorce?
1: I think she has. She I think killer? it's amicable. I love their housing situation their when they house were together. Their hilarious. I love that. It's like, that, that is the
0: coolest shit. Yeah. They could not live together, but they wanted to live together, so there's like a tunnel between two completely separate <laughs> houses, and one is like the period piece movies that she started her career in is exactly like a setting <laughs> from that, and his is like the Looney Tunes sort of adventure, every visual that you could think of when you think of Burton, Everything's a, a black and white spiral. It's
1: it's um
0: it's, it's like Beetlejuice meets Nightmare. No, I was gonna say Elm yeah. Street. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas
1: <laughs> meets um, God, Corpse Bride.
0: Yeah, Corpse Me- Bride meets
1: Sweeney Todd.
0: No, I wouldn't go to Sweeney Todd. I don't think it had hers. Was more Sweeney Toddish. Like <laughs> it would had the old timiness of that. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I think the theory could work for that movie and yeah. for the book potentially, but not so not Wonderland. for the newer. Versions.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um. Yeah. So now on to our twist sister. So I will be doing the twisting this week. That's
0: what you're doing this week. I knew, I knew you
1: were in charge of something. Yeah. You just didn't know what. Yeah. Um, so I will be talking about something that once again. 70s. Also kind of a period piece. Yeah. Which once again, Chelsea, all over. Set in the 70s. No, it, it's no, set no, sorry, in Pioneer sorry, sorry, Times. Sorry, made sorry. in the 70s. Yes, yeah.
0: set in, in, no, it wasn't set in Pioneer Times. Yes, it is, it's like the, it's like the What do you think the Pioneer
1: Times are? Well, I'm not saying that they're making a hot living. It's s- like the 20s, Daisy, the 10s and the 20s, like it's not- The Pioneers were still around the 20s, they were just like new age Pioneers, like they weren't making no, Daisy, a lot of like industrial shit. Pioneers were on the May- Oh my god,
0: I cannot believe I have to do this. Did you take history at all? Oh my god,
1: you're gonna be, uh, Pioneers in this time. Do this you place.
0: know, okay. It's set in America. They weren't chilling with some, like, do air conditioning in the summer.
1: You're being such a When dick. do you think the Mayflower You know arrived? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Sure, 1920s and... 1620 it's... is when the Mayflower <laughs> arrived. The Walton... I didn't say that they climbed off the oh, Mayflower the way, and moved to
0: Virginia. Yeah, I'm ruining what the you show dink. is. You dink. But yes, Depression era. So 1920s. 1910s, 20s, 30s, that era. Okay. That is where we're looking at. And yes, I just ruined it. So the the TV show that you're going to try and twist me on is The Waltons. Hey, Daddy, Daddy! <laughs> what you got? Oh. Ain't
1: this pretty sight. What is that? Free? That is a five dollar bill. Wow. We can get enough <laughs> liquor for a whole year with that. Daddy, can we afford to get Doctor Holloway for Pete? I'll just take that. It's going into the shoe
0: fund so you won't run around barefooted this winter.
1: Aww.
0: Favorite thing about this show is. Da-da-da-da-da. You love the theme? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the intro. Yeah. And then I was and then I left. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it the, fast. Then that. you
1: didn't even see what the, it's not, what, that's the not true. what the I've, title I've of seen, the episodes were. You were like, nah, I'm done. I just I have used the seen song. So many you episodes would, of the Waltons, but I, because I could of mom. not
0: Yeah, it yeah. it played and I was present, but I would get a book you weren't retaining or something. I was trying to block it out any way I could.
1: <laughs> You're really but putting force is an uphill battle for me. Yeah. I was trying okay. to get myself away from it all. So I
0: retained just enough. Like, I, I have the cultural touch points, and at the same time, I know nothing about the show.
1: Yeah. Um... Good night, Jim Bob. Yeah. Good night, Mary Allen. Okay, stop. So, uh, because of it being such a dynamic family with so many characters, you have constant character growth. You have something going on. Like, I know that John Boy is supposed to be, like, the main character because he's like the... Like, Seventh Heaven for the, the 1920s? He's the one that wants to be... Well, Seventh Heaven didn't have that many kids, but Okay. How many kids are there in the Waltons? You have John Boy, Jason, Mary Ellen, Ben, Aaron, Jim, Bob, Elizabeth. I think they have another one later. Um. So eight or nine? Yeah, and then you have the grandparents and the parents, all living under one all living under one roof. I'm looking it up. I'm looking up how many children
0: there were. I just listed them for you. How many children? As a
1: fan, and I list them for you, that means you should support I'm just, me. I'm just, I'm just
0: verifying. You're you not you had eight. It says seven.
1: Does the other one die?
0: I think you said John Boy twice.
1: No, John Boy, Jason,
0: uh-huh.
1: Mary Ellen, mm-hmm. Ben, mm-hmm. Aaron, mm-hmm. Jim Bob, Elizabeth, and Jim Bob. Seven. And then I thought they had another kid, but that might have That's been a miscarriage episode.
0: I don't know. No, oldest just seven children. Yeah. Yeah, and you just put seven fingers up, and then you said you weren't so sure about the this seventh. is
1: six, and then I said yeah, I, yes. I have another, yeah, so not eight or nine. No, I didn't say eight or nine. I, I did and You said oh yeah. My, oh God, you're
0: okay. Point me. is, you're me want to turtle
1: inside of my freaking body. Seventh, so
0: seventh heaven. How many children do they have on seventh heaven? Don't they have like four? Oh, it, d- does the seven include the the mom and dad?
1: Yes. It's, like, cheaper by the dozen. They don't have a dozen kids. They've
0: got ten kids plus them. Eric, Annie, and their seven children. It's the exact same situation. Matt, Mary, Lucy, Simon, Ruthie, Sam, and David. Jesus Christ, where are the kids in seventh heaven? See? I only remember It is an, a total bitches. Walton situation.
1: They have those kids later. It hardly counts, Chelsea. It totally counts. Chelsea, That's why they, they have twins. Out, they popped out so they twins later. Doesn't matter. It wasn't called Fourth Heaven until the final season, it was Seventh Heaven from the start! Okay, where's your math? That would've been called Fifth Heaven. Oh
0: my god. And that's not a phrase. so they went with Seventh oh, Heaven. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, point is, at the end of the day, they ended up with the same amount of children as the Waltons.
1: And in the start of the Waltons, they had almost enough to already beat Seventh Heaven in their finale, so we're not getting into this. We're not talking about Seventh Heaven anyway, shut up! <laughs> so, it also discusses family dynamics. And it also allowed, because of them having so many different characters, it allowed for the show to address different hot-button topics, especially for the time, like racism, poverty, um, stuff hot like button that. For hot-button the, for the 70s. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they had it that, like, characters went through actual loss. They went through good times and bad times. Um, they uh, were very true to the fact that during the Depression era, especially in Virginia, when, like, your neighbor is in the next county, um, I think it was very realistic that your, whatever your job was, being where they were, was very reliant on what everyone needed around you, and because they run, like, a mill, when they have a problem at the mill, they're like, shit, man, we got no money, and, like, they gotta sort that out, and it seems like a very small-towny issue, but considering the times they were in, that could, like, make or break the whole family, considering how many of them there are. Yeah. Um, I also... ain't eaten tonight. I also think it's very true that everyone has a favorite Walton. Like, if you watch the Waltons, there's one specific kid that you're like, that's me. Or you relate to the family in the sense that you relate to the parent situation By the or way, the grandparents. It's based on a real family. The Hamner family. Yeah. Yeah, You sorry. could see why they weren't the Hamners. The Waltons <laughs> just sounds better than the Hamners. <laughs> the Hamners sounds like the Hamners. Hurdy, hurdy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also the movie uh has or the movie, Jesus. The show has a very like There's been a lot of movies for, for this I know, well. I know. The show has a very like warm family feel and atmosphere that I think makes it very comfortable and an easy watch. Like that kind of like familial love is in the air energy, even when people are fighting, even when, uh, the world seems like it's ending. At the end of the day, you all are going to bed under the same roof and you're all going to say goodnight to each other, which is literally what they do. Um, but yeah. And they have different situations. Like, for me, the Waltons is very similar to Little House on the Prairie and how I liked both of those. Oh, very much so. Um...
0: But, and but, it, but here's the diff- it's key difference here:
1: driven, wholesome, and it's great. It's really wholesome. Yeah. And
0: so they're both really wholesome shows. But yeah. that you could say was a pioneer show. Just to clarify, that's maybe that's where you got confused.
1: As you would go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to twist your any anyway. So I think I'm going to just. Sit I'm trying with to figure that.
0: out which character I am now that you've said that. So John, you're L- Aaron,
1: no doubt in my mind. You're Aaron. I, I don't even need to question it You're Erin Why am I Erin? Because when I watched it I thought Chelsea's Erin And I still think it now You're Erin
0: Okay, could you Could you elaborate?
1: Okay um,
0: Also, I don't know which one Erin is Erin is so, the
1: second eldest daughter Second eldest? Yes, you have Mary Ellen And then you have Erin
0: So I'm not the eldest daughter I'm the second Mary
1: Ellen daughter. is me I'm Mary Ellen Okay, I'm sure you are you kiss, don't even know anything about the characters tone. I'm, I'm giving you the equivalent of like a BuzzFeed personality She's a stubborn, quiz.
0: rebellious teenager in the first few seasons Thank you, Wikipedia Who believes that others don't understand her While something of a tomboy who enjoyed playing baseball She's also prone to melodrama and vanity
1: Oh yeah, sounds like you
0: <laughs> Are you talking about Mary Ellen? <laughs> yeah, that's Mary Ellen's description Mary Ellen
1: also goes on to be a nurse Yeah. And she gets married I'm sorry, are you an RN and I didn't know it? Yeah, bitch. (laughs) You saw what happened when I had my knee injury. I blew the doctor's (laughs) mind.
0: Okay, so Erin. Let's see Erin. She's the fifth-born child and the second daughter. Yes. Which is what you said. Yes. Uh, She's very close to her older sister, Mary Ellen, though they often fight, especially in the early seasons.
1: Yeah. What
0: else? What else? She can be prissy and a tattletale. I'll take the tattletale. As a child, I was definitely a tattletale. She scars both wife know? and mother in direct contrast to Mary Ellen's ambitions. Uh, excuse? No. As she matures, she becomes an effective manager and a bright worker. She's considered the pretty one in the family. <laughs> well, why thank you. Uh, not a scholar? Well, that right there is is where it falls apart. She falls in love many a time throughout her teenage years. She works as a telephone operator in season five while she's still finishing high school. She graduates, and her age is mentioned as 16 years old in the episode The Elopement. Uh, she struggles to find her place as she is not musical like Jason, not an academic like John Boy, not interested in medicine like Mary Ellen. She takes a part-time job as, at a business college to buy a typewriter for John Boy when the owner sees her answering an assistant callers at the unattended front desk. She's allowed to work her way through the business school and later becomes the executive secretary to Mr. Pringle, and then personnel manager to a loudmouth businessman, J.D. Pickett.
1: This sounds exactly like uh, you to me, I'm sorry. Later
0: she becomes the plant's assistant manager. What, working my way up?
1: This, this sounds exactly like you. The, like... This is you. Almost all of her romances are ill-fated. <laughs> they either die or prove to be poor, poor of character. Well, I don't know why you bring that up after <laughs> this. All sounds like you. This all sounds like me. Well, then you brought up that. So then, oh my God, they like reveal that fault. they are
0: divorced because Paul becomes unfaithful. What are you telling me? Erin earns a teaching certificate by the final re- reunion. She's I didn't say that principal. you were final
1: season, Erin. I said you
0: were Erin. <laughs> So I, I have so many questions right now. You said that I was
1: Aaron with you not, are. A, not even a shade of yeah, doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt. You're Aaron or you're John Boy, and you don't have the qualities to be main character boy energy in this because he isn't like you at all. How dare they? He's not like you at all. Other than him, him being a scholar, that's the only thing that Aaron isn't, and that's what you are. But that's, like, the only connection. So you want to be, like, 90% Aaron and 10% John Boy? Go to town. I don't give a shit.
0: Okay, well, I yeah, I have some serious questions, but
1: we'll we'll leave it at that. That sounds like what would happen, other than like the, the romantic side of it, that headstrong, sounds like what would happen th- to you. I,
0: I love the short descriptions. If you just want to read a short description, Mary Ellen, headstrong, oldest daughter, becomes a nurse. Erin, uh, works as a telephone operator and as a manufacturing supervisor. That's it. That's all they give you in the short description. If I just read that, I'd be like, um, excuse me, I know I have a beautiful voice, but telephone operator, Really? Think of the-
1: hold on. It's the freaking 30s, you dink. What do you A-ring-y think we were doing? A ringy dingy. The closest you were getting to a oh. job for a woman back well, How then? can I connect you? Oh, my, oh God. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ. So I
1: didn't twist Chelsea and she's mad I called her Erin.
0: So. <laughs> you've, you've gone so far in the other direction that it's not good for you. I think mean,
1: I don't even care. Oh, no, I didn't think it was going to get you on it anyway. When you start the whole thing off with, whenever it was on, I used to get a book to try and get away from it try all. Try to
0: block it out.
1: There's no way <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, well, you got to watch it now because things just, have
0: changed. I think it's too wholesome where I'm just like, yeah, okay. I You're feel like, like, when I'm is one I'm going to die? Beat over the head. When is
1: one I'm going to get in action be horribly disfigured? The whole,
0: the only, yeah, I do. I like, I like a little dark twist. Uh, the only things that I really enjoyed with the show was when they let real life seep in, and it was, like, an historical event that happens. Like, I think they have an episode... Ew, with, that's what
1: you liked? I freaking hated they that They had an shit.
0: episode with the, um, the explosion. What do you call it? The... Uh... The Hindenburg.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they have- The John
0: it. Boy. That
1: was horrific
0: to watch. And he was writing about it. Yeah, and, and he saw it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. liked that episode. Oh. That one I was totally in for. And that's because I was like, it's historical fiction. Like, it's got the real truth, but it's also got, like, this little made-up fellow over here. Based on a true story, whatever. I
1: always used on the to- side. I always I used loved to. those. It No matter what, like, wholesome- show. It is. It it's is. Too... I always liked it when there was a conflict or there was, like, a bit of, like, pettiness going on. Like, I love the whole dynamic between, um, uh, Nellie and Laura in, uh... We're not the, talking I'm about the same to, show! I'm trying to give you an example. In Little House on the Prairie, that yeah. Nellie and Laura dynamic, oh that yeah. it, it alters over time. She's my favorite character. I, Nellie is my favorite character. You, she's oh, just an absolute she's Tor- terrible torrents she's evil awful and i love when knows. they like are fighting back against yeah. that and the same thing I happens in the world. don't
0: you love hating someone it's like gus on breaking bad you know who? i
1: love every single moment that he's works on for me screen. for coronation street on that works love for it. me for coronation street i used to tell me you didn't love i used that to hate i Bed. used to hate um david when i was you know. a little kid yeah i love david I really do, especially now, because, like, he's not the same anymore in Carnation hold Street, on. but I love hold him on so t- much. Hold on a little tick here. Don't don't click at me like I'm, I'm not focused. I'm, no, I, no. I'm no, looking no, at you. No, it's not a focus thing. It's trying to help me remember what I was going to say. Okay. So, you were saying on The Walking Dead, the guy that I was supposed to hate. Who the hell am I supposed to hate? There's so many. Negan? Fee-gan, Negan? Negan. 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 Isn't that the best? Alabama bo is not the best? Negan. So, isn't that
0: the best moment? though no like, when he's in that series d- don't you just love it
1: no oh okay well i actually there was there's a before they get right, to Mary megan there's a whole alexandria issue which you don't know anything about that okay. was dynamic shit that was crazy you don't know who was living or dying it's crazy i have not been swayed
0: not I, even a, oh not, i'm the shocked. pendulum
1: hasn't even budged color me surprised <laughs> um all right but yeah so- that's the end of our 70s So go watch Fortnite. some 70s stuff, ignore Chelsea, figure out yeah. which Walton you like, and go watch Mary Tyler Moore or Rhoda. Yeah. And then, of course, remember yeah. that Willy Wonka is a murderous hound. Yes. that <laughs> candy hound. Good night, Rhoda. Uh, good night, Mary